Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the I'm Just Saying Podcast. This is your host, Jared Dawkins here. Figured I'd give you guys another episode today. As we all know, there've been a, there's been just been a bunch of NBA news outside of the NBA playoffs taking place. Kawhi Leonard getting hurt. Scott Brooks and Stan Van Gundy both being let go from their jobs with the Wizards and the Pelicans. And then there was just this shocker of... of of news with Chris Paul being out indefinitely due to COVID-19 health health and safety protocols. And I'm going to read the article to you right now. Sons Chris, Sons Chris Paul reportedly out indefinitely for COVID-19 healthy and safety protocols. Pershams Charania of The Athletic and Stadium on Wednesday, Paul will be out indefinitely after being placed into the NBA's health and safety protocols. Charania noted that Paul's status for the start of the Western Conference Finals is up in the air right now. The Suns will update Paul's status on Saturday, according to Sam Amick of The Athletic. NBA players who can who can be play NBA players can be placed into health and safety protocols because of a positive COVID nineteen test or exposure to someone who tested positive. Charania did note that an isolation period could be shorter for vaccinated for a vaccinated individual, depending on the medical circumstances. But there is no confirmation on whether Paul has been vaccinated. So. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I've come to this conclusion with Chris Paul. I truly believe that he may be one of the more or one of the more or if not possibly the most snake bitten player in NBA history. And I say that for these reasons. Number number one. He gets drafted by the New Orleans Pelicans in 2004. First five years in the league, he gets the Pelicans in 2009, or excuse me, 2008, excuse me, 2008, 2008, 2009. He gets them to the Western Conference Finals to to take on the late Kobe Bryant and the Los Angeles Lakers. Fast forward, fast forward a couple years later, the Lakers the Pelicans, and I forgot who, other, what other team it was. I can't remember. Please forgive me. Tried to put together a three-team trade that would have sent Chris Paul to the Lakers, and it would have paired Chris Paul, Kobe Bryant, and Paul Gasol up together. But what did David Stern do? He nixed the trade because that because that would have felt like okay, that's too stacked of a squad. So what does he do? Instead of going to the Lakers, he he approves a trade to the Clippers. Gets to the Clippers. Him, Blake Griffin, really don't get along. And but at the same time, Chris Paul makes the Clippers as relevant, as relevant of a franchise as they've as they as they've ever been in the history of their franchise. Multiple playoff appearances. Multiple playoff appearances got them to the got them got them to the Western Conference semifinals. Back in 2015, but ended up eventually losing to the Houston Rockets to 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 to, to James Harden 
and the Houston Rockets, who eventually went on to the Western Conference Finals and lost to the and lost to the eventual World Champion Warriors. But then, once that happened, once Chris Paul and the Clippers felt like it was time to move on because Chris really wasn't getting along with Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan and things of that nature. What happens? He gets traded to the the Houston Rockets, and he ends up playing with Chris Paul. Or, or, or excuse me, Chris Paul ends up playing with James Harden. And what happens? He makes them so much better to the to the point where they make it to the Western Conference semifinals to take on the Golden State Warriors in 2000, in 2018. And they're going up against Steph, Clay, Draymond, and KD. And what happens? They, Chris Paul gets hurt, blows out his hamstring in game six, which by the way, if, if Chris Paul does not blow his hamstring out in that game, the Rockets win that game and they go on to the Western Conference Finals. So, Chris Paul goes to the Rockets and he is on the verge of making it to the Western Conference Finals, but he blows out his hamstring. The Rockets were a blown hamstring away from the from defeating a Steph, Clay, KD, and Draymond led Warriors team. But the but when that series was over, what happened? James Harden, Chris Paul didn't get along. Rockets end up trading Chris Paul to the Thunder. And what do the Thunder do? The Chris Paul made the Thunder. Chris Paul made the Thunder so much more better that he got them to the number four seed in the Western Conference last year, but they didn't want anything. They didn't want anything to do with them anymore. So what did they do? They traded him to the. They traded him to the Phoenix Suns because, and I'll never understand this. He made he made the Oklahoma City Thunder better, but yet they just they traded him for no reason at all when he made your squad better. And now when Chris Paul is when Chris Paul is on the verge of playing in his second ever Western Conference Finals, this happens. He's not he he's now out indefinitely and now he's put in health and safety protocols. I feel so bad for Chris Paul. For Chris Paul, I really, really do. He's my second favorite point guard of all time next to Allen Iverson. Chris Paul and I thought this for a long, long time with Chris Paul. When he was in, when he was with the Clippers, when he was with the Rockets, when he was with Oklahoma City, and now that he's in Phoenix, I've always felt like Chris Paul was the best point guard in the NBA. Not just because of how good of an individual player he is, but because of how he can just simply run an offense. It is so 1990s early to mid-2000s, it is so different and so old school from how you see other point guards in the league you know, play nowadays with guys like Steph Curry and Kyrie Irving and Damian Lillard and Russell Westbrook just just scoring just scoring out of their minds. It, it, it's just, it's different. It's just so different, and that's why I love Chris Paul. His game is so much more different from everybody else's. And you just feel bad for Chris Paul because he's either had injuries 
happened to him just at the wrong time during during a playoff series or during the playoffs in general, or he's had a team move on from him for no reason at all, i.e. Oklahoma City, just because of the simple fact that they wanted to move on from him. Could it could it just simply be that maybe it's just not in the cards for Chris Paul to win a championship? I don't know. I don't want to spring that on Chris Paul because he's too great of a player. But I will say this. Every damn location that Chris Paul has been has been in, New Orleans, the Clippers, the Rockets, the Thunder, Phoenix, every one of those franchises got better because of Chris Paul. They got better because of how great of a general at the point guard position Chris Paul is. Chris Paul is a future Hall of Famer. He got the Oklahoma City Thunder to the number four seed in the West. He got a Phoenix Suns squad who didn't even make the playoffs last year. He got the same Phoenix squad to the number two seed in the Western Conference. Along with the fact that Phoenix is talented, Chris Paul with Devin Booker got them in this position. He got the the Houston Rockets along with James Harden and along with the other talent that they had on that team. He got them to possibly a game six upset of the Golden State Warriors. He made he when he was when he was with the Clippers. With Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Hedo Turkoglu, Jamal Crawford, Matt Barnes, with the talent on that team, JJ Redick, you add Chris Paul to that mix, they could have, they should have, they could have and should have won, at, or at least gotten to one Western Conference Finals. And then with the Hornets, he got them with Mo Peterson, Jamal Mashburn, uh, excuse me, Jamal Mashburn, David West, and Tyson Chandler. He got them to a Western Conference Finals for the first time in their franchise history. So Chris Paul has a history of just making franchises better because of how great of a general he is at the point guard position and just how great of a leader he is. And I, I just feel so bad for him. I just hope that Chris Paul is able to get past this in time enough to the point where he's able to play in the Western Conference Finals. I really, really do. I love Chris Paul, and, and I, I just really hope that this that this doesn't hinder his ability to get Phoenix to where they ultimately deserve to go and where they're good enough and where they're good enough to be and and are and are certainly capable of being. But next up, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be part six of my NFL Division Highlight Spotlight. Next up, next up, I'm going to be breaking down the NFC West. That's coming up. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. And welcome to part six of my NFL Division Highlight Spotlight series. In this episode, I'm going to be, I'm going to be breaking down the NFC West. So let's get started. Let's start with the Arizona Cardinals. As we all know, the Arizona Cardinals... Drafted Kyler Murray with the number one overall pick. And um they drafted him excuse me, they they um drafted him with the num with the number one overall pick a couple of years ago. And obviously we all know Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach. But 
we all look at the Arizona Cardinals as this this very talented football team, but they're not quite ready yet to make the playoffs. And as we all know, the Arizona Cardinals missed the playoffs this past season. But with but before that, what did the Arizona Cardinals do to help out Kyler Murray? They went out and they figured, you know what, we got to get Kyler Murray some weapons. We got to get our young quarterback a weapon. So what did they do? They went out and traded for Houston Texans, former Houston Texans wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. And offensively, with DeAndre Hopkins, Andy Isabella, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, who they drafted a couple years ago out of Texas A&M, Kenyon Drake in the backfield, and Justin Edmonds in the backfield. We Arizona felt like they had enough on the offensive side of the football, but with Chandler Jones being out for the remainder of last season with a torn with with a torn bicep, yes, they had it. They 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 also they but they also had to rely on an aging Patrick Peterson and Buda Baker on the back end of that defense. That simply wasn't enough defensively for Arizona to get to get over the hump and finally get to the playoffs. And also, last, and also last offseason, they drafted Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson, who you, who they could, who they, they used, who, who, Vance Joseph, who was their defensive coordinator, used as a Swiss Army knife here and there, used him at linebacker, used him at safety. So, bottom line is, Arizona, Arizona is a very, very good football team. But they're not. But they weren't quite there yet, as far as getting to the playoffs. So what did they felt like they had to do this offseason? They went out and they signed former Houston Texans pass rusher, defensive end J.J. Watt. What does that mean? They paired J.J. Watt with Chandler Jones because of the loss of of, of Hassan Reddick in free agency to the to the Carolina Panthers. And then in the draft, what did they also do? With with the with the with the loss of Devondre Campbell in free agency, they went out and drafted in the draft they went out and drafted Tulsa linebacker Zaven Collins. And to add to their receiving core, to add to what they already have at at wide receiver, they went out and got Purdue wide receiver Rondell Moore and to and to I don't want to say replace uh to replace Patrick Peterson, because you can never replace Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson is is possibly is possibly a future Hall of Famer. They went out and they drafted Marco Wilson, cornerback out of Florida, and then they just continued to add to their secondary and their defensive line and their and their and their offensive line later on in the draft. But then also in in the draft in, in free agency. They signed former Tennessee Titans cornerback Malcolm Butler, and they by by and then by them doing that, they replace Dre Kirkpatrick. So, in my opinion, with the Arizona Cardinals, it's just a simple it's just as simple as this: Can their defense improve with the addition of J.J. Watt? Can their pass rush? Can can they can can JJ Watt and Chandler Jones be one of the better pass rush duos in the NFL? Can that can that can 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 Zayvon Collins come in and be that 
be that running mate with Isaiah Simmons? And can the Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury take that next step and be a legitimate playoff contending team? That's my question with the Arizona Cardinals because they have the pieces. They have the pieces offensively, and they have, and now I believe they I believe they have the pieces defensively minus the loss of Patrick Peterson to be a legitimate playoff contending team. I think they do. That's just my opinion. That's just me. But but that's the question with Arizona. Can they be a legitimate playoff contending team? Next up, I want to talk about the Seattle Seahawks. As we all know, Russell Wilson is the franchise quarterback with the Seattle Seahawks. He, he, he's been that for the past nine years. As we all know, Russell Wilson took to the Dan Patrick radio show, and we all know what he complained about. And then, obviously, we all know in the news, in, in, in the sports news, the four teams that, that Russell Wilson and his agent put out just in case Seattle wanted to trade him. Raiders, Saints, Bears, Cowboys, but nothing ever, ever came to fruition as far as any, any one of those four moves happening, four moves happening. It's just as simple as this when it comes to Seattle, because I'm not even going to read off their draft. Their draft was very, very short and they realistically, all they really did in free agency was re-sign Carlos Dunlap. So, Bottom line, it's just as simple as this with Seattle. Can Seattle get back to the playoffs and make a deep run as far as getting to the NFC Championship game? Can Russell Wilson lead Seattle back to the playoffs and lead them on a Super Bowl caliber run like he like he has done over the last few years in his career because if not there's a very very good possibility that Russell Wilson could possibly could possibly end up leaving Seattle just because Seattle got Russell Wilson everything that he wanted got him a tight end and Gerald Everett from formerly of the formerly of the Los Angeles Rams fixed up the offensive line just because those things happened does not necessarily mean that everything is squeaky clean in Seattle. Just throwing that out there. Now, this is not me making up anything. This is just me simply saying that another one and done in the postseason for Seattle could really spell some issues down there. Or whether or or a four or five game losing streak for Seattle this coming season could lead to Seattle not even making the playoffs. And it could possibly lead to Russell Wilson saying, you know what? I think it's time for me to leave. So just so just because just because those four teams that Russell Wilson put out and his agent put out there, none of those four teams got Russell Wilson. And because everything that Russell Wilson wanted to happen or everything that or, or possibly everything that he wanted to happen pretty much did happen does not mean that everything is squeaky clean in Seattle. Russell Wilson could still want out of Seattle even after this season if if things still don't go well. So just throwing that out there.
Next up, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about the San Francisco 49ers. As we all know, Jimmy Garoppolo is coming up on the latter part of his time in San Francisco. Got the, got the San Francisco 49ers to the Super Bowl a couple seasons ago. But then what did the 49ers do? The 49ers drafted Trey Lance. As we all know, Trey Lance is the future, uh, is the future of that franchise in San Francisco. Here's the, here's the one thing with San Francisco that is going to be the main question. Can San, well, actually, there, actually, there are about two to three main questions. Can Jimmy Garoppolo play to the level of his capabilities and can he stay healthy to the point where once it's time for Trey Lance to start, can Jimmy Garoppolo be moved to the point where his trade value will be so good to the point where now San Francisco can say, okay, Trey, you ready to play? All right, Jimmy, your trade value has gone up because you've played as well as you've, you, you've played to the level that you're capable of playing. Now it's time to move on. See, San Fran is in a very, very good situation, like, I've, like, I've, like I just mentioned. San Fran is in a very, very good situation. Like I mentioned before, Jimmy Garoppolo could play his ass off this coming season, and his trade value could go up to the point where once San Fran feels like Trey Lance is ready to play, they can trade Jimmy Garoppolo to say Denver. They could, or they could, they could, they could trade him to Miami or whatever the case may be. But that's only if Jimmy plays well enough to the point where his, uh, uh, to the point where they know, okay, this is as high as Jimmy Garoppolo's trade value is going to be, and Trey Lance is ready to play. Okay, bye, Jimmy. San Fran has a Super Bowl roster in place ready to make a deep run of the playoffs, whether it be the divisional round or whether it be the NFC Championship. But the but the question is, can San Fran get back to the NFC Championship game? Can they get back to the Super Bowl? Because they have the talent. They have the roster. It's just a matter of now, can they do it? And they have, and they have two quarterbacks that can either – in Jimmy Garoppolo's case, do it this year for San Francisco and for Trey Lance down the line two or three years, get them to multiple Super Bowls. And last but certainly not least, ladies and gentlemen, the Los Angeles Rams. As we all know, the Los Angeles Rams traded for Matthew Stafford from the Detroit Lions and, and the Rams hauled Jared Goff Jared Goff off to, the, off to the Detroit Lions. As we all know, this past postseason, the Los Angeles Rams lost to the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Divisional Round. Aaron Donald was hurt. Jared Goff was playing with a broken hand. Aaron Donald was playing with rib cartilage tears in his ribs. And the Rams made it as far as they could with what they could make it with as far as a healthy roster. So, what did the Rams do in this offseason? Like I, like I mentioned before, they traded for Jared Goff, but they also went out and got wide receiver Deshaun Jackson. But to add to that, in the draft, they drafted one of the fastest receivers in college football in 2-2 Atwell. To add to their linebacker core, they went out and got Ernest Jones. To add to their defensive line, who, by the way, they lost Michael Brockers, via trade to the Detroit Lions. So what did they do? They added defensive tackle Bobby Brown 
to this roster to replace Michael Brockers, who they traded to the, who they traded to the Detroit Lions. It's just as simple as this with the Los Angeles Rams. Will Matthew Stafford be an upgrade from Jared Goff to the point where the Rams can finally get to the Super Bowl or get back to the Super Bowl like they did a couple of years ago with Jared Goff, Marcus Peters, and Aqib Tlaib and those guys? Can Matthew Stafford get the Rams back to the Super Bowl, and can the Rams win the Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford as their quarterback? They got the talent. They got the talent offensively and defensively to give to give teams like Tom to give teams like the Bucks and to give teams like the 49ers issues and to and to even possibly go back to Green Bay in the playoffs in January or better yet have Green Bay come to you and you and you play Green Bay in a rematch and you beat them. The Rams have the Rams have the ammo to get back to the to, to get back to the playoffs. The, the, the simple question is for the Rams, can Matthew Stafford be the upgrade that they need to finally get them their second Lombardi trophy in franchise history? That's the question with the Rams. And now with all of that being said, my NFC West division winner is the Los Angeles Rams. And ladies and, gen- and, ladies and gentlemen, that is part six of my NFL division highlight spotlight. Coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's going to be time for me to leave you with something to think about. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Obviously, as you all know, last segment, I broke down the NFC West. And to be perfectly honest, I honestly believe that there's a very, very good, that's a best, there's a very, very good, excuse me, possibility of the Seahawks, Cardinals, 49ers and Rams all making the playoffs in this division. This division is that damn talented, and it is that damn good. I really, really believe that there's a very, very good possibility that all four teams in this division could make the playoff this year. There's a very, very good possibility of that happening. This division is that damn good. But... You know what time it is. It's time for me to leave you with something to think about. The year 2009. Why do I bring up the year 2009? Because that is the year that Kurt Warner, Larry Fitzgerald, Anquan Bolden, Edron James, Adrian Wilson on the defensive side of the football. That is the year Dominic Rogers Cromartie. That is the year that the that era that, that the Arizona Cardinals made it to Super Bowl 43 and took on Ben Roethlisberger, Troy Palomalu, Santonio Holmes, Hines Ward, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. As we all know, they lost that game due to a late Ben Roethlisberger to Santonio Holmes game-winning touchdown pass. But what if, what if that, what if that touchdown, that touchdown catch from Larry Fitzgerald with two minutes and 15 seconds left to go in that game, was the game was the game winning touchdown in Super Bowl 43? What if the Arizona Cardinals had actually gone on to win that game? What if? What if that? What if the Arizona? What if Kurt Warner had led the Arizona Cardinals to their first ever World Championship? Which, by the way, Arizona is still looking for even now to this day. 
Does Kurt does does if if Arizona wins that Super Bowl in two thousand and nine and they knock off that Steelers squad, does Kurt Warner retire right then and there instead of coming back the following year? Does Anquan Bolden never leave Arizona and and get and never get traded to Baltimore? Does he stay in Arizona for the remainder of his career? That's something to think about. I mean, I mean, really, I mean, really think about that. And also, not only that, how was the Arizona Cardinals franchise looked at if they are able to win that Super Bowl? I mean, that that probably that probably would have gone down as next to the Giants defeating the Patriots. It probably would have been a couple notches below. I'll just say that because I don't want to get extreme. It might have been one of the bigger upsets in in Super Bowl history had the Arizona Cardinals knocked off the Pittsburgh Steelers in that game. Because, honestly, think about it. Really, nobody really thought Arizona was going to win that game. Nobody really thought Arizona was going to win that game. But they came damn close to doing so. So, again, what if Arizona would have won that game? What if? We'll never ever know, ladies and gentlemen. But thank you for tuning in to another episode of the I'm Just Saying podcast. I'm your host, Jared Dawkins, ladies and gentlemen. Continue to wear your mask. Continue to stay safe. We are still in the middle of a pandemic. Be smart. Don't be stupid. Thank you for tuning in. Continue to enjoy the NBA playoffs, as I know I will. Thank you for listening. I'm out. Peace.